Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Welcome back to the NHL DFS Strategy Show. We have uh, another pretty good slate. Five games on FanDuel, four games on DraftKings, a uh, bunch of other sites posting contests for NHL DFS. So this one's going to be a little bit early. Um, you can catch it on podcast this afternoon if you're playing uh, one of the later locks. Um, I'm joined by Slim Cliffy, as always. How's it going, man? How was your night? Uh, didn't have a very good night last night. Um... I think I, I had a lot of uh, Vegas with Montreal. Um, obviously, uh, that didn't work out. Montreal looked pretty bad yesterday. So I didn't have a good day, but I saw a couple of our subscribers did. Um, that's always good. Even if we don't win, we like to see um, the people that subscribe to us win. That's exactly why we're here. So kudos to everybody that's still out there grinding every day. Um, I know it's not easy. Uh, with all the line changes and the secrecy and the last minute swaps and all that so if you're sticking to it um hopefully you're seeing the rewards i know a few of you out there are so keep up the good work yeah and if you're not seeing the rewards um but you're playing the right way i think uh, hopefully good things to come so uh before we get into today's slate uh quick look at last night k hogan three one three one took it down with just two lineups 15k top prize over on DraftKings, and we had a subscriber actually win uh, the FanDuel um, main slate. So, Pajot, Carlson, Debrinket, Ovi, uh, hmm. Voracek, Tuck, Martinez, Lindell. I'm assuming this was just a cash lineup. Carter Hart in net uh, used up almost all the salary. Very little correlation here, um, but that's won a couple nights in a row. So, 158.6 was the top score. Wasn't a great night for stacking. Uh, Vegas lines, I think, I actually guessed those correctly, but Carlson, Pacioretty, and Stone, I don't think there was much to go with them in terms of stacking. Um, so even if you guessed right, it was kind of a weird night for stacking, but congrats to uh, K Hogan. 3 1, 3 1. Uh, I finished close to my normal spot, my best lineup, and uh, I took a big loss, actually. I lost over half my entries, but I finished sixth. I guess I had one creep up there late. So, um, well, it wasn't a good day of DFS for me, but somehow keep finishing in that fifth or sixth slot. So I guess that's a sign of, of good things, finishing up near the top. But uh, let's talk about today's slate. So quick, going to go through the Blue Jackets lightning game for FanDuel. Um, let's see, are we live in the correct spot now that I think of it? Are you seeing us live? Uh, I don't have YouTube pulled up. Okay. All right. I, I think we are. All right. My screen just didn't start. So thought we wasted 
uh, the yeah, intro there for a second. Yeah, but no, we're good. We're good. We're good. Um, and I didn't see anybody chatting anything. So, um, we're all sleeping. yeah, you, you guys are still sleeping. That's all right. Um, 2.2 implied total for the Blue Jackets, 2.9 for the Lightning. Corpusalo and Vasilevsky are probably going to be your goalies. Uh, Tampa leads 3-1, I want to say. It's, I'm having trouble keeping track of all these series, but I think it's 3-1. This is a potential closeout game for the Lightning. Um, don't see much different. I just saw the Columbus, uh, the Blue Jackets Twitter posted the lines, and it looks like it's the same thing as what you're seeing on the screen. Same thing as last game. Um, Blue Jackets have been playing really well, but they've just kind of come out on the wrong side of a couple games. I think it could easily be a 2-2 series. Um, but, you know, Tampa's also been playing pretty well and uh, generating a ton of chances. Are we going back to the well with uh, Tampa 3? Is this a Tampa 1 game? What would you be uh, doing if you were attacking this game over on FanDuel? I think... Tampa three makes a lot of sense just because of the stacks that we have elsewhere on the slate, right? Like we have Boston one um, with David Pasternak possibly coming back. Maybe, maybe not. Um, we don't know, but they are even without Pasternak, even if you just use the three man of Bergeron, Martian and Krug, um, you, you know, you're getting close to like 19 K or something like that, just with three people. So you do need those filler stacks today. Tampa three has looked pretty good. Almost every game this series, um, they popped a couple goals last game. We brought up uh, the fact that Coleman and Goodrow um, do uh, penalty kill together. So that's a nice little, um, I don't want to say like a, a differentiation stack because a lot of people would be on Tampa 3 would have them anyway. But um, it's just a way to, even if people do use them because they are coming off a good game and it is a good spot to use them with those other expensive lineups. Um, you know, leaving off Gord and just going with the two wingers is one of those ways that you can kind of differentiate yourself. So, yeah, I do like Tampa uh, Tampa 3 uh, again here today. Um, on the Columbus side, I thought it was really interesting. I was looking at their ice times from the last game, and Oliver Bjorkstrand led all their forwards in ice time, I believe at 5-on-5 five five by over a minute, and in total by like a minute and a half. Hmm. Um, He's a guy that seemed to struggle earlier in the playoffs, like in their first couple of games against Toronto, but has gotten better and seemed to have found his footing as the games have gone on. So um, I'm not super high on Columbus in general. I think, you know, if I was on that team, I'd probably be looking more for one-offs. Um, Oliver Bjorkstrand is a guy that's that's kind of sticking out to me. One, because of ice time. Two, because he has just looked better. He looks like the guy that was on pace for 30 goals in the regular season. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I think that that'd be the line I'm going to if I'm going to the Blue Jackets here. I haven't ran my crunches just yet. I'll do that right when I get off the show for FanDuel. Um, I did run a couple dummy crunches just to see what uh, projections like. I was getting to a decent amount of Tampa one because they're fully correlated. It's not it's not a bad price I think when you're getting a fully correlated line that we know has done a good job uh, creating chances. And then Tampa three was uh, I'm, I'm going right back there. Um, on on FanDuel, can't really play him on DraftKings unless you're playing the showdown. But uh, I guess if you're playing the showdown, like the uh, Yanni Gord, uh, Goudreau stack, if you somehow get a shorthanded goal there, um, you're going to be crushing it, even if you're playing a Tampa onslaught with like Kucherov point and, and those two guys and maybe a defenseman. So um, I can't really get behind the Tampa 2 line very much, uh, even in my 150 builds. They're just playing so slow. And uh, 
I'm not seeing anything in terms of a matchup that I love for them. So it's going to be one and three for me for the Lightning and maybe some defensemen here. I like Jones over Wierenski. You save uh, $700. He's going to be higher owned on FanDuel, um, but he's still my preferred guy, uh, way cheaper, and uh, getting top power play time. And then on the defenseman for Tampa, I don't think I'm going to have a ton of them. I'll have some Sergachev in Tampa 1 stacks uh, and maybe some McDonough for 4500 but not uh, not heavy targets of mine. Anything else you want to mention before we move it on to the DK slate? Yeah, just one more defenseman, and that's Zach Bogosian. Um, he's been playing a fair bit with Victor Hedman. Um, not that Bogosian's anything special, but he's super cheap. I think he's mid-price, um, and he's playing those minutes with Hedman. So at least he's playing you know, with their best defensemen. So it's kind of one of those pivots yep. to differentiate a little if you want to. Absolutely. All right, let's go to – let's switch over to DK pricing. That's where we primarily play. Um, we've got Carolina and Boston. Okay, so I had the, the game times mixed up. So we're going to know uh, whether or not Pasternak is in. That's actually very helpful. Um, 2.4 implied total for the Hurricanes, 2.8 for the Bruins. Peter Mrazek and Yaroslav Halak are the projected goalies. I think Halak is pretty much a lock um, to start. And then... Um, They've been going back and forth with Reimer and Mrazek for the Hurricanes, so there's some question as far as who's actually going to play for them. Um, Pasternak, he is, I think, not officially a game-time decision, but there's some talk that maybe he could be back, maybe he won't. Uh, I don't know about you, Cliff, and we talked about this a little bit, but you want to just tell people how you're approaching the Pasternak situation. I guess we're going to know before locks. You don't necessarily have to have a, a concrete strategy, but... What are you expecting here for the Bruins? Yeah, the, the, so the wording, I think, from the coach was he's closer to returning than he was, which, I mean, that just makes sense on a chronological timeline basis. But um, I'm operating under the assumption that he's going to be out. Uh, Boston took the 3-1 lead in the series in their last game in, in a dominant fashion. Like, this was probably Boston's best game in the entire series. Um, you saw missing Andrei Svechnikov for Carolina. That really hurts them because, you know, the duo of Teravainen and Anaho is excellent. Svechnikov is a finisher. And, you know, even if they move him down the lineup, it helps spread out the scoring. Like, there's really not a ton of proven scoring elsewhere in the lineup with Svechnikov out. So that really hurts them. So I'm going to treat Pasternak as out. If you want to treat him as in, that's fine because, you know, there is a swap to – um, Colorado, if mm -hmm. something happens and you don't want to just completely nuke all your lineups and you just want to straight swap Boston over to Colorado and, and maybe fiddle with a couple defensemen, you can do that. So um, that's kind of the way I'm approaching. I'm going to assume he's out, especially where they're up 3-1 and it was such a dominant game the last game. Um, I could easily see them saying, we'll give you a couple more days. Um, if we need to bring you back for a game six, we'll do that. If we win this game, um, then he's going to get an extra five or six days of rest. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. The other guy to mention, you know, I haven't seen a ton on him is Jordan Stahl. He got smoked yeah. by Charlie McAvoy in the last game. Uh, he was either earlier, midway through the third period. Uh, he looked like he had that glossed over look in his eyes. And he got up and he was right by the door anyway and just walked right to the dressing room and left and didn't come back. So um, 
you know, if he somehow managed to avoid a concussion, I guess he could be back. But, you know, returning two days later from a hit like that when you had to leave the game, um, you know, we see Nicholas Backstrom over in Washington. Um, there's, you know, he's skating with the team, but it's been four or five days and he's still not back with them. So um, that's kind of the way I'm looking. I'm assuming Stahl is going to be out. Um, so Vincent Trocek will probably take all the matchup duties. Uh, the second line, he'll probably be with Justin Williams on the second line, I'm assuming. Um, they'll take matchup duties when they can get them. But again, Boston's the home team, so they'll be dictating the matchups here. I'm going back to the Boston too well. Um, they look they look good again last game. Like They were probably Boston's worst line last game, and I think they're all like 55 or 60% yeah. expected goal share. Like Even the worst line looked great, um, and they're still getting loads of ice time. The one thing that's concerning is that they seem to really be hesitant to put either DeBrusque or Kasha on the ice with the empty net. Um, you'll see Marchand, Bergeron, mm-hmm. Krejci, and you'll see guys like Corrali out there. Um, but you won't see DeBrusque and Kasha. That kind of sucks because, you know, you could easily see Boston up 4-2 in this game going for an empty net or something like that. So that's kind of what's keeping me from going all out on Boston too. Not only. Um, I think it can be a tough matchup going into Trocek and Williams. Trocek isn't really a pushover. But I am going back to Boston too. Probably going to largely avoid Boston one. I'm going to have some duo uh, Bergeron, Marchand, Stacks. Um, you know, they're on the ice in the power play. They'll be on the ice for three minutes to end the game. Um, put them in with Kruger, McAvoy, or something like that. So that's where I'm going to go on the Boston side. On the Carolina side, I'm going to go back uh, to my one-offs, either one-off Trocek, one-off Williams. Um, I don't think I'm going to be going back to the top lines, you know, I could see one offing Aho or something like that. Martin looks a good player, but losing Svechnikov, I think it's just, I think that's just too much in this matchup. Like if it were uh, an easier team, uh, you know, I don't want to say there are easy teams um, in the playoffs, but if you're going up against someone like Arizona, I'd say, yeah, okay, sure. Maybe Sebastian Aho could still do some damage, but when you're going into the teeth of the Marchand Bergeron matchup, I don't really like that as much. So, I'm going to be off Carolina, mostly one-offs. I'll be going uh, Trocek, Williams, um, Jacob Slavin. I could see myself having a lot of. He played almost 29 minutes in the last game without Joel Edmondson in the lineup. Um, if Edmondson's out again, you could probably expect Slavin to play close to 30 minutes again. So Slavin, I know a lot of people will be on Hamilton, obviously, for the power play, and he's just such a, a stat monster. Uh, but Slavin at 4,700 playing nearly 30 minutes, sign me up for that. Yeah, just sending a message over there while you were chatting. So I, I'm apologies if I repeat anything. Uh, we didn't we didn't include the uh, the t- uh, Tampa Bay and Columbus game. So I, I was messaging Eddie and Alex to see if they can run that again. Um, these these sites, I don't know why they don't like coordinate times. It makes it so much easier to do content for it, and not that we matter, but. Um, like they should want people to have interest and be able to play the same players that they can on different sites. So, um, anyways, that that sometimes messes it up. Um, so I I think like the safe play definitely is to just assume that Pasternak is out uh, for DraftKings specifically for FanDuel. He's going to be essentially unowned if he does play this game. He did practice um, mostly yesterday, but I. My thought is that I think he still he still doesn't play. Um, so for DraftKings, it's not a big deal. You could always just put him in, make a bunch of lineups with him, switch it around in, in Fantasy Cruncher or whatever optimizer you use, um, or just uh, hand swap Coil out of there. And plus, if you play Coil on FanDuel, 
he's still going to be on the top power play with these guys, right? Like Krejci is just going to drop down to the second unit. Um, and then Pasternak's going to be unowned anyways. So if you're more aggressive, I think uh, on FanDuel, you can play Pasternak. Um, Boston 2, one of the better fillers. Uh, I was going to check on their ownership. Um, I'm assuming they're going to be popular uh, as far as filler stacks go, but they've been solid. Yeah, wow, really popular. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get to the field on DK on them. Um, we're showing almost 20% for Boston 2. And it's a much better matchup. They're not going to have to deal with stall probably. Um, so there's reasons to like them. I think ownership is a little bit too high for me to, to think about getting to 15, 20% of them. Um, and then I like the top line, whether it's Coil or Pasternak. Uh, so if you're playing on DraftKings, uh, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. You just play that Boston top line. Um, they were awesome last game. The empty netter thing is a real thing with Boston. Like they're the worst team to anti-sweat. Um, if if you got Bergeron and Marchand out on the ice, like it's just the worst. You could legitimately see a, a full line empty net goal. Um, so I'm gonna have a bunch of Boston exposure uh, on DraftKings in whatever form it is, but it's mostly gonna be on the top line. Uh, and then I, I can't get behind playing much of Carolina. Like I'm all over the home teams today um i think a bunch of these teams are going to close it out uh, i think boston probably closes this one out tonight um or this afternoon but uh yeah are you are you interested at all in anything on the carolina side i missed that if you, if you... yeah no i was just talking mostly one-offs like i'll probably have one off williams one off trocheck quite a bit of slave okay. just because of his ice time and his price but that's about it fair enough yeah martin Nook on that top line uh takes something away from me playing with Teravine and Ajo, although I think he scored last game. So Yeah, maybe, he's, you know. he's not a bad player. Yeah. It's just he's just considerably less than what Svechnikov is. Right, yeah. Um, so 2500 bucks. I guess he's going to get left off of that stack. But it's still a really bad matchup against Boston um, when they're not fully loaded. Other guys to consider in this game, I think McAvoy's fine with Boston 1. I think uh, McAvoy's fine as a one-off. Crew would be the guy you include if you're playing Boston one, uh, but probably only if you're playing Boston one, um, just because he he really relies on the power play when he's going to be this expensive five k. Slavin and Hamilton are guys I'm going to have shares of. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get to like thirty forty percent of Dougie Hamilton, but I don't think he's going to be super popular here either, just because uh, it's an expensive price tag. It's a really low implied total. Um, and people will just go elsewhere. They'll go to the Colorado guys or something like that. So don't mind him as a one-off. And then uh, that's all I got for this game. Uh, remind me to go over goalies. The Maharashi, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, gave us a super chat. And he was asking, uh, he, he was complimenting us, which is really nice. And then he was asking if we could do a deep dive on our goalie selection for today. So do you have any goalies that you like here, Mrazic or Halak? I mean, out of this game, I will probably have some Mrazic if he does start, just because I think this is the game where Boston can really get shots towards the net, especially with if Stalin and Sveshnikov are both out of the lineup, those are two of their four or five best defensive forwards, or two-way forwards anyway. So yeah. I'll have some Mrazic. I don't think I'll be getting up to Halak. Uh, I, I mean, I understand it. 
it's just I can see Carolina having some trouble with shot generation with those guys out of the lineup. I can see themselves pinned into their zone at times with Stahl not on the ice and Halak at 8,200. It just feels like mm-hmm. most of the Vasilevsky games <laughs> outside of his last one where it's 23 shots against one or two goals against or something like that. And it's just not enough. Yeah. I think Carolina's going to have trouble uh, generating a lot of chances. So I'm in agreement with you there. Mrazek would be, he's an okay one-off. I think for 7,300, he's going to, he's going to get a decent amount of volume. And that's basically all that matters on DraftKings for goalies uh, in terms of like tournament, uh, tournament winning upside. Let's go to Arizona and Colorado. 2.3 applied total for the Yotes. 3.1 for the Avs. Kemper and Grubauer are your likely starters. Kemper got pulled last game, uh, but then Ranta came in and gave up three goals in the third when they were already down three. So uh, I think it's pretty pretty good chance they go right back to Kemper. He's been he's been okay actually in this series despite giving up a bunch of goals, um, not getting a lot of help at five on five from his guys. I mean, Colorado one is going to be popular. Looks like. Uh, most popular line on the slate, maybe Boston one, if you're talking about DraftKings projected ownership, but they're going to be right up there. McKinnon's probably going to be the chalkiest player on the slate. You've also got a pretty good second line, Kadri, Donskoy, and Alnishushkin, or if it's Burakovsky, I can't remember how they started last game. Um, but <laughs> I guess Colorado isn't that interesting to talk about because we know where to go. It's either power play, line one, or line two. Is there anything you see on the Arizona side that you want to take some shots on here? So I, there's a few things I want to talk about with Arizona. Um, one is you got to think there are some changes coming. Um, I don't think there. I don't think a lot of playoff teams could suffer a seven-one loss and just say run it back. Um, so I think you're going to see some line of changes. That's obviously going to be frustrating because it's not the first game of the day. But again, the first game of the day is going to, could have three or four line of changes itself. So. Um, it's not like we're any better off. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something like, you know, Nick Schmaltz, I think, has been close to coming back, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So maybe he could make a surprise appearance to try to play. Um, I think you could see somebody, you know, like Lawson Krause up on the top line playing with Hall and Stepan. I think that's something you could see. So seeing is believing and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the samsung neo qled and oled tvs powered by the neural quantum processor because this is an audio ad unless you can see it which means you already have one nice samsung more wow than ever you know if you're going to get exposure to the arizona side of this game i i think it's a necessity to be around for lock i don't think you can just say put in stepan hall Ekman Larson and walk away or something like that. I, in fact, I think that might be the only three-man combination where you could do it <laughs> is Stefan Hall. Cause I think those are the only guys that might end up playing together. Um, another one is Connor Garland um, got hurt in the last game left. I think it was a block shot. Um, took a block shot either early in the second, or early in the third, left the game, didn't come back. So um, that's like another guy that might be out of the lineup. That's a 20 goal scorer out of the lineup. And that's a lineup that doesn't have a lot of scores to begin with. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting is we talked about Carl Soderberg on the last show. Um, you know, he's averaged 20 goals per 82 games over the last three years. He got up to the top power play unit for Arizona as a one-off. Late in the game, though, they moved Jacob Chikrin up to the top power play unit. And, yeah, you could say it was late in the game. It was 6-1 or whatever. Uh, but Chikrin's actually probably been their 
best offensive player that's not on the top line in this mm-hmm. series. Um, he was a guy that, you know, they did run two defense top power play units quite a bit this year uh, with Chikrin and Ekman Larson. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Chikrin on the top power play unit in this game. Like, I, it's not a guarantee. It's just one power play at the end of a blowout, but it's something that they have done quite a bit this season, so it's something that wouldn't surprise me. So um, I'm probably going to have a decent amount of chicken in this game because I think he's just a good play in general. And if he gets top power play minutes, yeah, it's the Coyotes, but I'll still take top power play minutes for any team um, in the playoffs. So chicken's a guy that I have a lot of interest in today from Arizona. Um, as far as stacks go, like, like I said, you can probably rely on Stepan and Hall being together. As far as anybody else skating together, I don't think um, we can say that with any real confidence. So um, I'm mostly going to be going with one-offs. I can see myself just a lot of, of Chikrin, quite a bit of Kemper. You know, <laughs> I can see myself something like 30% or 40% Colorado and then, you know, 20% Kemper or something like that. So like two-thirds of my lineups have either Colorado or Kemper because I think it seems pretty clear that it's either Kemper smash or Colorado smash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm going on the Arizona side is, is one off like Chikorin, you know, maybe Hall or something like that. Yeah, I, I think a lot of my Arizona lineups, and I, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of them because of all the uncertainty and just the way that they've played. Like, I agree. I, I th- So I think the play here is actually to just – if you're playing Arizona to just go step on Hall and Keller and then figure it out from there. I mean, you, and yeah, you have to be around by time this game locks, you might get 10 minutes or so to make swaps. So it's going to be very limited Arizona, but a lot of that will have Kemper uh, as my goalie. Cause if they score two or three goal, two or three goals, it's probably going to come from Hall and whoever he's playing with. Um, and they haven't even gotten going. So, um, or Brad Richards hat, hat trick for no reason. You never know. Yeah. Um, you never know. You might get the Brad Richardson four goal game. Um, and then on the Colorado side, I kind of, I mean, they're, they're awesome plays all around. Is there anything you want to add to the Colorado side? Yeah. I mean, we saw Kadri go off in the last game. I think our ownership has him at about 13 or 14%. I imagine he's going to be a little bit higher than that, but that's obviously one way you can differentiate, um, you know, we saw leaving Nathan McKinnon off the stack probably would have worked if you would have put in Kadri. Absolutely. Um, or you can do double center with Kadri McKinnon um, and Rantanen. Um, you know, you're going to have to get a little bit more creative than just stacking the top line with like Tampa three or something like that, I think. So that's probably the way I would go about it. Colorado two. I could see Colorado two being a relatively popular full stack. Um, I think a lot, you know, I think people are, might have the same inkling that we have that they want to avoid all that Colorado one ownership. So they move down. Um, so I could see Colorado two gaining some ownership, but I think for me, it's just going to be just as much call, not as much, but a lot of Colorado one call slash Colorado power play, probably 40% of my lineups are going to have them. One thing I will add about Arizona is that if you put in their stacks, let's let's say you put in step and, uh, Keller and hall, um, and then they're all broken up when the game comes and you don't want to deal with it or something like that. You know, a lot of the prices aren't far off from you know, Philly or Montreal. So if you want to, you could probably just swap off all your Arizona if the lineups are a complete disaster or if we don't get them in time or, or something like yeah. that. You could even, you could probably go to some Vancouver too. Uh, Vancouver as well, not necessarily Vancouver too. Um, <laughs> or St. Some of the St. Louis lines are pretty cheap, but outside of that, the their best one, I don't know that there's a lot you want to, 
you want to worry about. Um, yeah, I think Colorado is going to be easily my top stack on DK. They're going to probably be my top stack on FanDuel as well. I just don't see much of a reason to avoid them uh, in large field stuff. In single entry, maybe you want to go somewhere else if you think the ownership's going to be way different than like a, if you're playing a FanDuel Tampa one or Boston one. Because um, they could they could play really well and just get outscored by a cheaper stack. That's possible. Um but yeah, they, they look awesome for large field stuff. McCarr and Graves, I'm going to have a lot of. They skate a ton at 5-on-5 five five with McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen. Plus, McCarr gets the top uh, power play duties, and he's just a really good defenseman. Um, just had a sick goal. Uh, I mean, he looked like a forward, honestly, like with the way he handles. So he's awesome. Um I think that's it for this game. Just be careful with what you do with Arizona and just be ready and willing to swap somewhere else or get the correct line combinations at the very least. Let's go to Montreal and Philadelphia. Carey Price and Carter Hart probably going to go here. 2.4 apply total for Montreal. 2.6 for the Flyers. Montreal, back-to-back games. They've been shut out by Carter Hart. Uh, they tried to mix things up yesterday with Denot Tatar and Gallagher. That's what we're showing on the screen. I have no clue what the lines are going to be. I think Philly's probably going to keep things the same. They also switched at lock yesterday, uh, Couturier, Voracek, and Raffle, and then Hayes, Farabee, Konechny, Grant, Giroux, and Lawton. I think they kept those lines together for the most part. Uh, yeah, this is another one-sided game, it looks like, but anything can happen. It is... NHL hockey, they do have Carey Price, who's played pretty well. Um, what are you doing here in this game? I mean, so Montreal's been shut out twice in a row, and we know they don't have a ton of five-on-five five scoring, but the percentages are insane. Yeah. Like, they're shooting 3.7% of five-on-five five in this series. That's I think that's about half the league average. Um, I think uh, Philly's five-on-five five save percentage is over 960. Like, those are percentages that are are likely to sustain themselves. Now, whether that regresses all in one game or whether it's slowly over the next few rounds, uh, we don't know. Um, but it's not like Montreal's doing nothing. And Montreal's expected goal, goals for um, so far in the first round, believe it or not, are third behind Colorado and Vegas. So... You know, they look bad yesterday. I think they had one high danger chance all the whole game yesterday. So that's not to absolve them yesterday's game. That was just absolute garbage. But I think that they've, you know, they don't have a lot of scoring, but they can generate chances. And as long as you can generate chances, you're at least giving yourself the chance right. to score. So I'm not going to eschew Montreal completely here. But at the same time, we have no idea what their lineup's going to be. Like none. Um, in the third period, Brendan Gallagher and Jonathan Joran were both benched. They went to a top line of Arturi Lekkanen, Phil Deneau, and Thomas Tatar. And the second line was Suzuki and uh, Byron and Kakaniemi. And even then, they were switching those lines around. Those would only last three or four shifts, and then they'd switch a couple at the end. So we really don't know what the Habs lines are going to be. That's why I'm really hesitant to stack them. Yeah. So I could see myself with a lot of Montreal one-offs in this game, one-off Gallagher, like, they're going to say it might have been because of an injury, but by Gallagher's um, post-game interview, like, he talked about how he respected the coach's decision 
Um, so it sounds to me like it wasn't injury related. It sounds to me like it was related to his play. So I'm assuming Gallagher comes out with a little extra B in his bonnet, let's say, to throw back to a 1910s expression. Um, I expect Gallagher's best game of the series um, in this one. So I'm going to have some Gallagher. I'm going to have uh, some one-off Gallagher. I'm going to have some one-off Suzuki. Um, probably some one-off Petrie. Um, I just I it, I find it really hard to stack this team, um, especially where it's the second to last game on the on the entire slate, and then the last game is Vancouver St. Louis. Like you just be swapping all your teams over to to one or the other. Yep. So that's why I'm kind of out on Montreal for Philly. Like uh, for for me, it's power play stack or bust. Um, it's just uh, like that second line hasn't been playing all that well. Um, you know we saw. Uh, Joel Farabee just jumped, jumped up to the top power play unit, even though it's Michael Raffle on the top line with Couture and, and Voracek now. So everything's there. It's all mixed up. So for me, it's it's it would if I was stacking Philly, uh, which I'm going to, I'm going to have a couple, it'll be Philly power play stacks. Um, and reminder that it's it's Farabee with the old top line on the power play. Okay. Uh, so not connecting. All right, I'll, I'll get that switched out. Um well, it was yesterday. I mean, whether or not it changes. Yeah. So, Raffle, I mean, he makes it tough to full stack. Philly won. He's going to get left off, and that's like the best thing uh, you can say about him. Um, have they played together much this regular season? I mean, Raffle. Raffle's not a bad player. Like, he was a guy that I usually write up in season long as one of those – if you see him jump up the lineup, grab him because he can usually score when he plays up the lineup. Like he, he's not a waste of space up there. Um, I think he, he has some finish. He reminds me, he's like a, a slightly worse Carl Soderberg. Let's put it that way. Oh, that's actually not that bad. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably have some three threes of mantra. Um, I'm sorry. of Philadelphia one. I don't know what to do with Montreal besides just limit them. Same thing as Arizona. Their lines could just all be switched around. Uh, we Gallagher might be playing hurt. Uh, you've got basically no correlation on power play for Montreal 1. They're also going to get matched up against Couturier. Uh, so there's kind of a lot of things to dislike um, for Montreal. They haven't been finishing. Um, it's it, it doesn't look great here from a stacking perspective. So I'm mostly going to focus on Philly. I'll probably have uh, some full stacks of Philadelphia 2 as well Hayes Fairby and Konechny kind of like that line and then Drew playing on the third line with Grant and Lawton um I think one of the better third lines just because there's not many today um so I think I would take Tampa three over them on FanDuel but uh as far as DK goes not a not a terrible third line anytime you can get Drew in there you can switch out Lawton for one of Couturier or Voracek if you wanted to pay up a little bit more um, but yeah, mostly focused on the Philly side and then Petrie is the guy I like as a one-off for 4,900. Do you take Carter Hart? Evan asks in chat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Be just because like, just because, like I said, Montreal doesn't have any scoring, but they don't really have a lot of trouble generating shots. So it's one of those situations where Carter Hart could have another easy night only facing a handful of high danger chances. Absolutely. All right, let's go to the last game that we'll get out of here in a few minutes, and then it will be FanDuel Lock, and then we'll have DK Lock later this afternoon. Uh, shout out to Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports for sponsoring the show. They've got NHL contests for today. They've also got uh, 
no management fee tournaments in uh, PGA. Looks like a couple of them filled, but they've got MLB, uh, and then they usually have them for NBA. So you got to get in those early. Um, those are going to be the more profitable contests you play throughout all the industry. Um, and you can join Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports and get up to 30 bucks in Yahoo Sports rewards points with promo code OSMO. Also, we've got the ownership pro uh, projections today for free. So if you want to try those out, if you're not a premium subscriber, um, there you go. You get a chance to see the ownership percentages today for free. Markstrom and Jake Allen, 2.7 implied total for the Canucks, three for the Blues. This Blues top line has been uh, something else in these last couple games, bringing them back from the dead. O'Reilly's been awesome. Piranha Schwartz have uh, been very good as well. Blues get a home game here. They get last change. They're probably going to see, the O'Reilly line's probably going to see Elias Pettersson, JT Miller, and Besser. They haven't had real issues with them so far. Uh, Vancouver kind of sharpened up in their last game and didn't hard match Pedersen against O'Reilly, but it, it ended up not mattering. Um, they don't. They just didn't have an answer for them. And, uh, I mean, is there anything outside of St. Louis 1 that you're, you're heavy on here? Uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought up St. Louis 1 because I think, not that they're one of the clear best plays of the slate, but, I mean, we just see how they're just dominating every almost mm -hmm. every shift. I mean, you can just, you can either, whether you're looking at the numbers or watching the game, they tell the same story. What I find interesting is Vancouver 2, the Bo Horvat line. Um, late in the game, I think it was the entire third period maybe, Jake Vertanen got moved to that line instead of Louis Erickson or whomever else had been there earlier, along with Horvat and Pearson. They actually weren't bad in the regular season. Um, basically break even expected goal share, but really high-paced hockey. Um, they're... Expected goals for and expected goals against were both a standard deviation above the league average or a little bit more, actually. So they actually play a really high pace, um, which is good for them because they're going to be going up against the depth from St. Louis. And Vladimir Tarasenko is, has left the bubble. So he's gone from this team for an indeterminate amount of time. And there's not much depth here now. Um, you take Tarasenko off and you replace him with Oscar Sundqvist. Um, Oscar Sunfist is your new second line right winger that shows the depth, the forward depth that this team doesn't have. Um, Vertanen, Horvat, and Pearson, like I said, played well offensively uh, during the regular season. Um, they were a bit snake bit because, um, you know, Vertanen's more of like a straight line player, I find. Straight line, get to the net, that type of guy. So um, if you're just whacking into the goalie's pads, you're going to. There's a lot of easy saves there, but they did play well and they're going to get the depth from St. Louis. So like, I don't want to say I'm going to go heavy on that line, but I think it's one of those lines that's going to get absolutely no ownership is in a decent matchup. Uh, it's in the late game. So, you know, people will probably more or less avoid it because they don't want to have to deal with those late swaps. Um, I kind of like that whole Horvat line of him, Pearson, Bertanen. I'm not going to go heavy. I might only have one or two shares out of my 20. But I think, you know, even 5% is probably going to get you over the field on that on that line. So um, I kind of do like them. Uh, what I found interesting about ice time in the last game is Justin Falk. Um, he's playing more than Colton Pareko. Colton Pareko only played 19 minutes in their last mm -hmm. game. And he's priced at 5,700, I think it is. Like, that's – I'll pass. I'm sorry. That's – you just – 
that's just way too expensive for me. There's just no value, especially where there's no power play or no top power play minutes. So I'm out on Pareko. I'll probably have a couple fall. Definitely have Petrangelo with my with my St. Louis one, but it's it's going to be mostly Petrangelo and Falk for me um, from the St. Louis side. And then I'm going to have one or two of that Horvat line um, and I'm out on the Pedersen line. One thing I want to mention about Vancouver, um, it's funny I say this after I, I tout one of their even strength lines, is that they're super reliant on the power play, right? Uh, if you look in the regular season, they scored 25% of their goals on the power play. Uh, Washington, it was less than 18%, and that's Washington. Um, so far, these playoffs, um, nearly 40% of their goals, including the play-ins, have come on the power play, and half their goals in this series have come on the play-ins. So, like I said, while you know that Horvat line will probably be low-owned, I think if you're going to go heavy on anything Vancouver, it's just power play stack mm-hmm. and walk away. No, I, I think that's a pretty good call, and I agree the Horvat line has the way better even strength matchup here. Um O'Reilly's just been so tough with this trio. Like, they're super cheap. I was worried about their ownership. It doesn't look like it's going to be uh, out of hand, even if we're undershooting it a little bit on DK. So, you know, if it's not Colorado for me, it's definitely St. Louis one. Um, you would expect some concentrated scoring here if they can get three or four goals. Um, you can mix them in with Petrangelo or, like you said, Falk, but that's more of a, a one off play probably. And then I think I'm going to be over on Vancouver too. I think I'm going to, I might end up with more Vancouver than I actually expect just because of late swapping. Um, Like if I have a bunch of dead lineups that have St. Louis one left, then I think I'm just going to swap them over to some sort of Vancouver power play stack and try to catch those lineups. So I'll actually probably end up with more Vancouver than I actually like, but that's just because uh, I'll be paying attention until uh, this one locks. So Something you should do, um, just try to save a couple lineups, cash a few that you know you shouldn't have probably cashed if you would have kept, um, if you would have not swapped. So I'll be trying to do some of that. And then I like Edler as well. Uh, just playing big minutes, he's going to have a chance at block shots, 5,500. Um, and then a lot of my Markstrom, or a lot, a lot of my Vancouver stacks will have Markstrom in them just because I'm expecting him to see a decent amount of volume. And uh, 7,600 is a pretty good price for him. So the volume guys are the goalies you should target as one-offs or or with stacks from the same team as well. Yep. All right. I think we covered it all. Um, again, check out those ownership projections. Those just got updated again. So go look at those for the FanDuel and DraftKings slate. Shout out to Yahoo once again for sponsoring us. Promo code Osmos, how you get up to 30 bucks in Yahoo Sports rewards points when you join. Uh, we've got cheat sheets, power plays, all that stuff is out for today. Uh, stay in premium Slack to get the latest on uh, all the news for the day. We'll be in there pretty much for the rest of the day watching hockey. And uh, although I've got a bunch of exposure to these teams that are going to close it out tonight or we expect to close it out, I'm just hoping for more games. So uh, I don't want this, these playoffs to end anytime soon and see uh, that's yeah that's the thing like if four teams close out today two days from now we're talking about a showdown slate i know so i'm i'm trying to avoid that i don't i don't want to think about a one game slate or two game slate so maybe some of these teams can uh pull it out of their hat and then uh we'll get some more hockey so who wouldn't like that anything else before we head out 
Yeah, just please make sure you're around for those Arizona and Montreal logs. Absolutely. Could not agree more. It's going to be a profitable strategy in the long run, even if it hasn't paid out yet. So just stay on top of things. You're going to be ahead of a lot of the field. And good luck, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.